Hello, everyone, and welcome to NF, well, our first team review of the 2023 season. Yes, it's not quite over. There are still a few races going on, but we are jumping the gun. And the first team that we are talking about is the German outfit Bora Hansgrohe. And today to discuss Bora's 2023 season is Patrick Blake of Outerroof Cycling and one third of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. And I mean, Patrick, in terms of the narrative going into this yeah what was kind of yeah where did you see it going they just won the Giro with Jad Hindley and yeah on the up definitely mm. there was a lot of expectation of what Hindley was going to be able to do at the tour this year considering like you said he won the Giro the year prior and especially since there wasn't a lot of time trial in kilometers which suited Hindley in this tour it was sort of there was a lot of talk about top fives podium places for Hindley considering how he was doing kind of in the Giro um, and that, that was sort of the main thing was how well can Hindley do at the tour um, you know because you know their sprinting outfit their sort of spring classics team isn't the strongest it's not as strong as it has been in the past in the Sagan era so Bohr has definitely taken a shift towards a GC team so it was really how can they do there what can Ida Brooks and Vlasov do in sort of the other Grand Tours and other GC kind of areas. So I think it was, uh, it, yeah, it was largely GC focused around Hindley. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we can kind of focus on their transfers as well in terms of we'll discuss transfers next year, obviously, in the preview video of, of the team um, next month or whenever. And uh, Primoz Roglic obviously being the big headline, but he's not going to infiltrate this video. In terms of this season, they or who they brought in for the the 2023 year, Nico Dens, Bob Jungles, Victor Kroisik, and Florian Lipovitz, who I didn't even realize was in the team. But going out, which was the big factor, Groschatner out, Kelderman out, Martin Lance out, Postelberger, and uh, yeah, definitely losing strength, you would say here. But yeah, I mean, Patrick, we might as well talk about uh, their results. Right now, they've uh, they've had they've got less victories than last year, uh, twenty two victories. The last one, as of recording, was Danny Van Poppel on stage six of the Tour of Britain. But yeah, out of before we go into monuments, Grand Tours. What did you think of their other race performances? I thought it was it was decent. I mean, they've, they've done well in sort of the, the races which aren't world tour level, so like the Sibui Tour, Czech Tour, Tour of Slovenia and stuff like that. But in terms of other world tour stage races, their only real success came at the Basque Country where they got a stage win with Higita and a stage win with Schelling. But yeah, outside of that, you know, the likes of a, a Catalonia, Terreno, Paris-Nice, etc. There wasn't much success there. So it seemed like they had success sort of right at the top and then kind of like on the lower level races. But then those sort of ones in between, there wasn't much going on there. Maybe that shows that Bohr is just very, very focused on just the big goals and sort of the other world tour events aren't are sort of more just preparation races rather than big races which they target but i think that the fact that they did all right in the bigger races means that 
those lacking results in these other world tour events doesn't weigh in quite as much for me because at the end of the day we all care about the grand tours and stuff don't we yeah true i mean i should apologize to Leibovitz because he won the check tour <laughs> sorry oh no <laughs> um yeah in terms of just rounding up like the lesser positions like seventh with outer brooks you talked a lot about this outer brooks zone surgery gita sixth he's won that race last year uh sixth with outer brooks as well in the tour romandy third in san sebastian which was quite a good result from lazov he's really showing himself as a one day rider will get more onto that uh fourth with jade hindley in the criterion fourth in Torino with Kemner, which was a very strong result, second in the Frankfurt Classic with Conrad. And uh, yeah, not bad at all. And so Gita, start of the year, a third in San Juan International, but didn't really progress from there. And the one you raved about on the Echelon Cycling Podcast as well, Danny Van Poppel, third in Deutschland Tour. Who would have thought that? Well, yeah, exactly. He also came second in the, the Bema Classic, did Van Poppel. And... Yeah, true. I think that he is. Uh, I think he progressed this year and certainly got a few more opportunities for himself. And I think that was really good to see because he's a very talented rider and he's not just, you know, just a lead-out man. I think he's more versatile and capable of, of better things. So I think it was good to see Bora give him a couple of uh, more leadership roles this year, and I think he he paid him back. So maybe we'll see that next year. But you have to, you know, listen to a preview next month. To hear our opinions on that. I mean, uh, you we might as well move on to the monuments, the five biggest one-day races of well, the cycling calendar. And they have had success in the past, obviously. But yeah, what did you make of the 2023 season? Or what did they actually achieve? Um, it wasn't the greatest from the monument standpoint. It largely came in what was it? It was Liège Baston Liège, it was Conrad who came, was it eighth? I think it was eighth place for Conrad in Lies Baston Liege. And Vlasov came fourth at Il Lombardia. It, it was tell you what, it's very close to a podium spot. It was on the bike throw pretty much. So that was a real close one. But the outside of Advin there was I think Haller was seventeenth at Milan San Remo. And then Roubaix and Flanders were just almost like a no show event. I think Pollitt was the highest finisher from each of those, but you have to scroll a little bit to see them. So I just, I'll save them the, uh, the, the kind of humiliation <laughs> of saying the result. It just sort of, they, 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 it happened. They were there. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not the greatest monument, but like, are they, do they care about the monuments anymore? I mean, they're now, well, we mentioned him already, Roglic and that kind of, trajectory they're going into they're moving more away from the monument well Liège, Baston Liège and Lombardia obviously they'll still want to try and do something there but yeah do, do they care about Roubaix or uh, Flanders? I think like you said their team shifted away from it so I think they probably don't care as much although like you know 2018 or so when they had Sagan and then they brought Pollitt in sort of as a designated classics guy but of course, Pollitt is moving away next year. So I think that shows yet further. Oh, <laughs> that shows like yet further progression away from this classics uh, angle. So the fact that they didn't do that great in those races is really just a reflection of that. So yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it's... I I'm not kind of marking them down massively for not doing well in cobbled races when it's not 
the big goal of that season. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, Sergio Gita was a bit disappointing. I thought he would do better, but just all round, like such a talent player, just kind of didn't click this year. But we might as well move on to the Tour de France, the free, the Tour de France, the Grand Tours, <laughs> the Giro, the Tour, and the Vuelta Espana. And yeah, let's start with the Giro. Obviously, the Giro team, they had a focus of Lazov. They were bringing Nico Dents, their new signing in, Patrick Conrad, Leonard Kemner. So Bob Jungles, like a really strong team. Obviously, Blazov not finishing after stage 10 or DNFing. What did you make of their Giro escapades, considering their big their big talisman, Blazov, didn't finish? And uh, yeah, obviously, GC teams losing their GC leader is not unheard of. And it's kind of how do they salvage the breadcrumbs of, of that? And how did you think they did? I think, I think they did good considering, like you said, Vlasov leaving the race, not ideal. Kemner did manage to finish in ninth place. That was his stab at doing a GC job. We saw him announcing that before the race started, that he wanted to see what he could do as a GC rider. And ninth place for your first attempt is certainly not a, a bad one, although it must be said that other GC riders were wiped out of the game because of COVID, unfortunately. So maybe ninth place is a little bit inflated but you know you have to be there to be you know to get the result and i think ninth place i don't know maybe kemner wanted to just give a shot at it but i don't know i I know personally i think a lot of other people also quite prefer the stage hunting kemner to the gc kemner where he was finishing what was it the kemner zone was sort of like 20th plus or minus five on every single stage yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing Kemner going for it, but I think the stage hunting is sort of his uh, speciality. And we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a minute. But yeah, then they also got two stage wins with Nico Dents, which happened in the space of a few days. And we were just talking before this recording. Nico Dents signed, of course, for Bora this year. And we completely forgot about him as like a best transfer on the echelon cycling podcast um that that's that's not great <laughs> but apologies we're... nico <laughs> two grand tour stage wins we were like who yeah that yeah i i have actually i'm eyeing one of his koms in germany but uh hopefully he he won't hear that what i mean is yeah, what a signing. Two Grand Tour stages in the first year with with the team. That's no mean feat. That's pretty impressive. And the style he did it as well, it wasn't kind of like, he's not a sprinter, so it's not like just winning a sprint, even though that's hard as well. But I'm, it was from like two breakaway situations with like a lot of seasoned breakaway riders. Yeah, so Archibald, almost quite hard to do. You had to have some good tactical nows to, to win those scenarios and the fact they happened in like a space of a few days he must have just had like some real good form in the middle of that Giro so yes apologies Nico for forgetting about the fact that you signed for Bora Hansgrohe it's it's just it's hard to keep track of all the transfers and how those transfers did but we'll we'll do a better job of it next time I promise yeah he was also second at the Nationals of course his teammate winning that uh, Emmanuel Buchmann but, yeah, that's just a small side note. But nevertheless, Tour de France, 
Jad Hindley, big project, but they did bring Jordi Mouse as well. So it wasn't completely focused on the the Jad Hindley project. And uh, yeah, what did you make of their Tour de France and what did they do? I think it was a good Tour de France. It's not easy to win one, let alone two stages at the Tour. Mayus was arguably one of the biggest surprises of the whole race. Considering that it was quite a bold move going with Mayus. They didn't bring Sam Bennett there sort of more tried and tested sprinter. They went with their newer signing of Mayus from a couple of years ago. And, I, you know, the fact that he finished first on the Champs-Élysées is just incredible. He didn't do that much for the rest of the race, um, it must be said. But the, the, the win on the Champs-Élysées, that's the big one. And, yeah, then Hindley got that stage... Um, Oh, I can't remember what the climb was. Marie Blanche, something like that. The one where Jonas dropped Pogaccio pretty big time quite early on. I think it was stage six. Hindley won that and then moved into yellow just for a day, I think it was, because then over the Tourmalet the following day when Yuma Visma launched it, I think Hindley unfortunately lost the yellow there. But still, a, a day in the yellow is still a day in yellow. And then Hindley ended up finishing seventh place in GC, which I think was... I think it's maybe a little bit below what I was expecting. I think I was expecting him to finish on the podium. And yeah, I think if it fin- if he finished top five, I think that would have been kind of, I'd be thinking a lot higher of it. But yeah, seventh, is that below where you were thinking as well? Yeah, I think he crashed as well, if I'm not mistaken. So there was that. Yeah, The tour has been a long time. Oh, yeah. I feel like there were, I remember there was some kind of, he crashed or something. So with a crash seventh yeah but like i agree it, if he hadn't crashed podium top five definitely would have been my expectation as well but pretty well considering like that's the other thing um with their gc because everyone's like oh bora is a top five no like last year top five with Lazov, the year before top five with with kelderman so it's not like yeah, they're actually below their batting average in the last batting, uh, last uh, two average Tour de France GC positions. But yeah, great, good tour. Yellow jersey, they've not really worn that with a GC leader, I think. Yeah, I'd say it was a good, a good tour. And the way that Hindley took it as well was quite spectacular too. Going in the breakaway, yeah, that was quite a chaotic day, and it was you know maybe a little bit of. There were lots of GC riders close on GC who got up the road, and yeah, Hindley did a real good job. And yeah, I, th- I think you know he got like, like a two minute head start basically on on Jonas and Pagacha. So yeah, it was good. To, it was good to see that he he managed to do that, and what wasn't just like content with just sitting in the GC group and just sort of filtering into his GC spot, but actually going on the attack was quite impressive. So yeah, I think it was a good tour from Bora. You know, they were very. They were prevalent, and you could, you know, they were always on like TV screen doing something or other. So, yeah, I think it was a good tour. So, anyways, Patrick, we might as well focus on the last Grand Tour, the Vuelta España, and uh, obviously they came with a double focus of Kian Alterbrooks and Alexander Blazov. And yeah, what did you thought think of their Vuelta seventh and eighth? Uh, but a bit of tension, friction between the two, it seemed. I think seventh and eighth is just a very respectable finishing position getting two riders in the top 10 as well that's good Kemner of course won a stage it was that slightly weird one where it was 
the times were taken at like two k's to go so but but still you know like i said earlier about kemner's ninth place in gc at the Giro, you have to be there you know you have to be the one to win it and yeah seventh and eighth in gc Eidsbrook's very impressive on the bigger climbs, the Anglerou and the Tourmalet. He showed himself to be really good on the longer climbs, whereas Vlasov was definitely better on the shorter Puncheri sort of stages. And I think those two, like you said, they did bash heads, but they worked relatively well in, in the team. But I think I wasn't really expecting more from them in the Vuelta, considering the caliber of rider that was coming here we were talking beforehand in the Vuelta that is probably one of the highest quality GC fields that we'd seen in a Grand Tour I think it was in my opinion higher than the Tour you know the only big player who wasn't really there was Pogaccia pretty much so I think that 7th and 8th is, is very good considering the quality of field yeah I completely agree I mean Atzebrook's finishing in the Atzebrook zone yeah I mean, eighth place. Yeah, I wanted a bit more from Vlasov, but when you look at it, is he better than Enric Mas? Is he better than Landa? Is he better? Yeah, so it's kind of it's what you said. Is he better than uh, Juan Ayuso? So, like you said, maybe it is just the highest place. But nevertheless, uh, we might as well come to our verdict, and that is the verdict of their 2023 season out of 10. And of course, we'll do this for the teams that we're looking at. And Patrick, out of 10, Bora Hansgrohe, what do you think? Oh, I'm going to go with, um, just because they didn't have that quite depth in results towards other World Tour stage races, I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10. Considering I won't mark them down for their lack of sort of cobbled races because I think they are definitely more like a GC team and they did perform in GC races, but they were kind of short of the mark in a couple of areas. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I mean, if we're marking like an all round thing, uh, I'm well, as you said, GC team, uh, couple, yeah, the two top 10s in the monuments i'm gonna say 7.5 so i'll be a bit nicer because the yellow jersey stages in every single grand tour except for well and the welter because of the chemical like you said um and yeah 7.5 i mean because they are gc team and like you said jack hindley we were expecting him to be competing for the podium um Giro, obviously with Lazov, if he was a top five podium then they'd be higher but yeah that's why, yeah. Uh, who has been your rider for them of the season? Oh, I won't just say Danny Van Poppel because I've just got <laughs> um, who I'll say. I think I'll go with Kemner. I think Kemner's had a really good season. The fact that he shifted for a bit of a GC role and finished ninth. But then also, yeah, then he got that stage in the Vuelta. I think that he just did a really good all-round job and he also came like fourth in GC at Terrena which was a bit of a surprise so I think Kemner definitely took a bit of a step up this year yeah that's pretty fair uh, I'll go with Lazo just because he had like quite a good performance in the one-day races as well and if he had the Giro as well if he had a top five there and then the Welter but yeah I, I completely buy your Kemner narrative as well 
Mm. Right. But anyways, that's it for our team review here of Bora Hans Grows 2023 season. Make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel here on the second day next year or on the podcast and make sure to check out Patrick's channel, Audu Cycling and uh, the Echelon Cycling Podcast, where both of us are part of that. But until the next one, which is Jombo Visma, we will see you around.